You're listening to the Candid Comms podcast with Rachel Miller. Tune in for practical advice and inspirational ideas to help you focus on all things internal communication related. Hello and welcome to the show. Today we are focused on internal comms channels and in particular the purpose of your internal comms channels. And as ever, you will leave with one thing to know, one thing to do, and one thing to think about. Are you ready? Let's get started. Do you know the purpose of each of your internal communication channels? And if you're listening to this episode thinking, yes, of course I do. Excellent, well done you. However, that's often not the case. We often have inside organisations a whole list of internal communication channels. Some of them may be owned by the internal comms team and some may not. I'll share a link in the show notes allthingsic.com forward slash podcast where I was talking about how to create a channel strategy because part of that is how to fill in a channels matrix. Now, channels matrix is basically a table. When I create channels matrices, I look at the purpose of each channel because I want to be really clear, and this is what we need to know, is why the channels exist. So part of my columns for a channels matrix are the name of the channel, the type, so whether they're printed or digital, perhaps. I want to know the purpose, so what makes them exist? What's the business problem that they're trying to solve? And we'll come back to that in a moment. Other columns might be the frequency, might be the intended audience, who it's for. I often have two versions of a channel's matrix. One that's for the organization, which might have things like what makes a great story. And it might have things like who owns it. So that could be the internal communication team, or it might be someone else inside the organization. And then I often have a version for a comms team. And that version of your channels matrix includes columns like budget and resourcing. So what I mean by that is how much as a percentage or an actual figure of the internal communication budget is spent on that particular channel and how much time does it take? How long do we spend updating, writing, refreshing, creating that channel every month? So if it's a day a week, I will say it's four days a month, for example, that's spent on that channel. And that's really important for me because I want to see as a head of a function, I want to be able to see where are we spending our effort, energy and budget. And then think about measurement as well. So one of the columns there is measurement. So what does good look like? What are we aiming to achieve? What are the outcomes that we're hoping for from this particular channel? So a channel's matrix can be as as large as you need it to be, frankly. You can add all the columns that you possibly want to into it. But what's critical, I think, is the purpose. So what is the purpose of each channel? And the reason that's important is because if I'm looking at a channel's matrix, maybe as part of an audit or as part of a conversation with an internal communication team, I want to understand how internal communication happens inside their organization. If I look at a channel's matrix and the purpose is the same across two or more channels, there's a little bit of a red flag wave in there for me because 
If you're describing your intranet as the source of truth, for example, inside your organization, and you're also describing your weekly email newsletter as the source of truth, and you're also describing your employee app as the source of truth, you get my point. If you're looking at the purpose of your channels, they need to be different from each other. They can't all be the source of truth. Because when you're looking at an organization, being really clear about who you're communicating with, what their needs are, and what their preferences are, enables you to know whether actually your intranet might be the go-to source of truth for your line managers. Excellent. That's how you describe it in your channels matrix. However, your weekly email newsletter that goes out on a Friday and it reaches factory floors or depots or mess rooms, it's printed off and stuck on a notice board, that should be reflected in your channels matrix as the go-to source of truth for those types of workers. That needs to be in there. So if I look at a channels matrix and it's got an identical purpose across two or more channels and the audience column, and I'm not a fan of the term audience because it implies a performance. I've talked about before on the Candid Comms podcast, but we will stick with it because it's the industry term. I like to think of it as groups of employees, who you're trying to reach, who you're trying to communicate with. Then thinking about who the intended audience is for particular channels, I should be able to see on a channels matrix If I look at Channels Matrix and I look down that audience column and there's one word which sets my teeth on edge when I see it in Channels Matrices, if the word all is in all of them, we've got a problem here, comms friends. The audience cannot be all for everything. If you've got all of these different channels and every single one of them is targeted at everyone, then that's not enough for me. It needs to be targeted in groups or locations or hierarchy perhaps depending on the culture of your organization because when it feels like everything is blanketed everything is for everyone all of the time how that feels for your colleagues is that it isn't personalized it's not tailored to them you're not communicating for them and with them but at them very often if you're just blasting information what broadcast one way very noisy where you're sharing everything with them but you've not taken the time to think do they need to know this is it important is it timely is it relevant and it feels like for your colleagues that I'm receiving all this information, but I don't know why. I'm not in that country, or I don't work for that brand, or that's not my region, or that's not my senior manager, or that's not my reporting line. Then it feels like internal communication is irrelevant. I wonder whether that just set off a light bulb for you. I remember learning that years ago when I was working in-house and I was looking at all the channels that we had and I was trying to understand what was relevant for our frontline workers. And I realised that... When I had a clearer understanding of how my channels worked, what the purpose was behind them, I was able to have better conversations with my stakeholders because they may see an intranet as the source of truth and they may decide they want their content shared on the intranet. But if I knew the conversations we were having, they had a story for frontline workers, for example, and I knew that the intranet wasn't accessible for our frontline workers. They didn't have work devices. They didn't have it on their own devices. They had no way to access the intranet. Then I knew that actually 
the recommendation I needed to give to my stakeholder was, I understand you want that to be on the internet. However, for these types of people, these channels work better. That is absolute gold dust for us as internal communicators and for our stakeholders. Having real clarity and understanding of how internal communication happens inside your organization is super important because you need to be able to have informed discussions and make good quality decisions about the channels and how you use them. So you need to know, thinking about your channels matrix, what is the purpose of each of the channels? And when it feels like you are introducing new channels and they've got exactly the same purpose as another one, is it time to retire the old one? Oh, I know that's really controversial, but they're so important. Whenever I have conversations with clients and they say, oh, Rachel, we've got this new thing. We've got this new shiny thing, which I call comms bling. If you tell me you've got something new and shiny, I will ask you what it's replaced. I will ask you what you've retired and I will ask you how it earns its keep. And if you can't answer that, then often the response from me you'll get is, oh, well, I'm guessing it's noisier inside your organisation then if you've just added another channel in and the purpose isn't clear and the audience isn't clear, but you feel like everyone else has got an app or everyone else has got whatever it might be, so we want to have it. Nail the purpose of your channels and talk about them consistently. Make it really clear. Bonus tip for you before we move on to what we need to do. You could even consider having a strap line against those channels. So it might be if you have a weekly email that goes out on a Friday, you might literally say underneath it, the go-to place to reflect on the week that was and what's ahead. I mean, that's not really, really catchy, but you get my drift. Think about what the purpose is for each of the channels and think about how you consistently talk about them so it's really clear for your colleagues what to use when, what to go to when, what they can expect from each of your channels. Let's move on to think about what we need to do. How well do you signpost between your channels? What I mean by this is how well do you point towards channels? This doesn't mean having a story or some information that you need to share inside your organization and then putting it across all of your channels. If you do that, the quality goes down where colleagues might log on to an intranet and read a story and then they'll read it in their email and then they'll see it on a poster and then they'll see it in your employee app and then they'll see it on digital signage. You get my point. They see it everywhere. What's the impact? If you're just sharing the same information in the same format, the identical story across all of those, it feels like it's not targeted, it feels like it's not relevant, it feels like the volume and the noisiness of your internal communication goes up massively. What I look for inside organisations is how well channels work collectively well with each other. So if I'm looking at a channels matrix, I'm looking at the signposts. I want to understand how, and normally it's the cadence, the rhythm, so the frequency of the channels. I want to understand there's a channel which is weekly, there's a channel which is fortnightly, there's a channel which is monthly perhaps, and that they point to each other. So in a town hall, for example, so an all employee meeting, it's great when you're able to say, here's what's on the internet, for example, like three things to be aware of that we've published on the internet, this new policy or 
this great story about someone achieving something inside the organisation or a change that's coming up. You're not repeating the same information, you're signposting. So from one channel to another, seeing a town hall or a webinar as a channel, saying, check out the internet for X, Y, Z. And then when you're on the internet, it's also pointing you to another channel where you're joining the dots between the way that communication happens inside your organisation. So you're not just repeating the same information over and over again. You're really clear on the purpose. You're really clear what makes them special and unique as channels. You're really clear what makes a great story or a great piece of content across those channels. And then you are using them to point to each other where you're saying, have you seen XYZ on channel ABC? I wonder how well you do that. I often find that as a result of doing auditing of internal communication. And there's an episode in this season of Candid Comms on auditing internal communication. So if you've not listened to that yet, do check it out. But when I'm auditing internal communication, I'm looking at how well are the channels working as a standalone Do they hold their own as a solo thing, as an individual channel? Does it feel finished? Does it feel quality? Is the cadence, the rhythm right? Is the tone right? Is it reaching the right people? Are there really clear measurement and outcomes? Is it achieving what the internal communication team want it to achieve? But also, how does it earn its place and earn its keep amongst this suite of communication channels? Sometimes, People have four or five channels in their organisation that are all owned by an internal communication team. Sometimes there can be 30, 40, 50 channels. Now a channel in that context might not be one that's owned by the internal communication team before you listen to that and think, oh my goodness, what, how many? Whenever I'm reviewing internal communication and I'm encouraging clients and comms friends to fill in channels matrices, we are including things that aren't owned by the internal communication team if I'm trying to understand how internal communication happens. So that could include things like team meetings, for example, which the internal comms team have no say in. They might not influence that at all and be involved in any of those discussions. It could be interdepartmental newsletters, for example, where People are super interested in a particular topic and they're writing their own content and it's a real subject matter expert. It's a real niche topic that they're so passionate about inside your organisation. They're creating it and sharing it with each other. I would include that on a channels matrix, but I would include the owner, identify who the owner is for that particular channel. That's because if you're trying to make decisions about the way internal communication happens in your organisation, you need to have visibility of all of it. There's no point just putting your channels down because as tough as this is to say, and bear with me, sometimes I find inside organisations that actually they could have a whole suite of corporate communication channels. But actually, what people like, what they prefer, what they use, what they rely on isn't on that channel's matrix. It's on the other one. It's on the other version, which is, the channels and content and conversations owned by the organisation, not by the internal communication team and not by the leaders. These are local wikis, local forums, local WhatsApp or virtual equivalent groups. It might be Teams, it might be Viva Engage, where people are actually using the technology available to them inside the organisation 
or they're using their own, which are called shadow comms. So they've identified a problem that they're trying to solve. The company aren't providing the opportunity or mechanisms for them to communicate. So they've spun up their own. As an internal communicator, as painful as it might be to acknowledge all that stuff exists, you need to know. Because if that's how your people are communicating and they're choosing for whatever reason to not listen to the corporate channels, to not engage with them at all, and I mean interact when I talk about engage in that context, then you need to know that because it might be that you need to communicate with the people who are in charge of those channels or those mechanisms and make sure that you have an avenue where you can have conversations with them Oh, things which are important. So things like an employee survey, for example. If you're running an annual employee survey and you really want to get in front of everybody inside an organisation and you know that your people are not responding and they're not viewing the internal communication channels, but they're having really vivid conversations in other forums and other mechanisms, other methods then you need to try as much as you possibly can to have conversations with the people in charge of those forums and encourage them to share a call to action, to encourage their colleagues to do an employee survey, for example. We don't often talk about that in internal comms, but I know that that happens inside organisations. I've experienced it myself as an in-house internal communicator and I see it now when I audit organisations. It's quite a painful thing to think about because we'd like to think that everyone is reading everything that's being put out. But if they're not, try and understand why. So going back to what we need to do is that signposting piece. So it could even be, could even be, comms friends, that you are signposting to other channels that people are owning, which isn't ideal at all but creating active relationships with those people where actually you're asking them to signpost back to say the employee survey is running look out for it on the internet excellent you know it's not ideal but this is the reality of how people communicate it isn't a perfect world and the more open we are and the more aware we are of the reality of how communication does and doesn't happen in our organizations the better we're able to serve our organizations Communication is a business function because it enables a business to function. So you need to be clear how conversations happen and how work happens. We're going to take a short break and when we come back, I will leave you with one thing to think about. See you in a moment. Candid Comms is brought to you by All Things I See. My brilliant team and I offer consultancy, training and mentoring to help you thrive in your internal communication role. You can choose from online learning, in-person and bespoke courses. Topics range from measurement to strategy and how to be an internal communicator. See allthingsic.com for more information and use the code CANDIDCOMS at the checkout to save 10%. If you're struggling with your internal communication, help is at hand. We can mentor you, conduct audits, advise on your channels and much more. Contact us via hello at allthingsic.com and we'll talk it through together. Welcome back. In the final part of today's episode, I'm going to share one thing for you to think about when we're concentrating on all things to do with our channels and their purpose. Cast your mind back to when you joined your current organisation. What were you told about the internal communication channels? And I don't mean 
as an internal communicator or an HR professional, I mean as an employee. What was your induction process like? The reason I think this is critical is because very often in organisations, we miss the opportunity to help our brand new colleagues understand the way that internal communication happens inside our company. And what good looks like for me is that there is a part of a corporate induction which talks about the ways that we communicate as an organisation. And I want to see things in there about how you're encouraging employee voice. I want to understand how accessible leaders are. I want to know who I can communicate with, where I can ask questions, if I'm stuck on something. I want to understand things like the cadence, the rhythm. So we have a monthly town hall and we have a quarterly this and a monthly that and a daily this. I want to be able to see at a corporate induction level, how organisations talk about the way that employees feel part of their community inside the organisation through communication. It's so often missed. You might learn all sorts about here's where to go to do your request for this and that policy or how to book holiday or here's how to access payroll, for example. Some companies do this really well and it is baked in to their corporate induction where when you're learning about all of these policies and how to book leave and all these different things, you're also encouraged to contribute to conversations and you're shown the internal communication channels and what to expect and given copies of an employee magazine if it's printed, for example. However, what a missed opportunity if we don't do that. What a missed opportunity to help colleagues feel part of your community, to create a sense of belonging, to help them understand how important communication is right from the word go. I wonder what your corporate induction looks like. Do you even have a corporate induction? Sometimes they're very infrequent. Maybe they're every three months or every four months. Now, if you join an organisation, I imagine that you're going to be looking for information to help you do your job, you're looking for credible, accurate, reliable information to make decisions, to share with customers, to share with clients. Having a real insight upfront in terms of this is who we are, what we do, how we work, how we communicate, just eases that pathway for you. Three or four months down the line, this is where the other mechanisms and other channels of communication that we've already talked about in this episode, the ones not owned by the internal communication team, for example, I find they bubble up sooner because the organisation haven't got in first, frankly, and said, this is the way that we communicate. So this is a real opportunity to help people understand how you're investing in internal communication. Second part of that for me is when you promote line managers or people join organisation as line managers or people managers, what are they told about communication? I find that very often that opportunity is completely, completely missed, where we're not making it clear to our people managers, this is what we expect from you and this is what you can expect from us. Things like, we encourage you to have weekly meetings with your team and one-to-ones, for example, and then maybe every fortnight, we encourage you to have an all-team meeting or once a month or whatever that rhythm looks like, whatever works well for the culture of your organisation. 
What are you saying to people when they get promoted as people managers or line managers? Are you helping them understand here are the channels, here's the purpose behind them, this is what's available for you as a line manager, here's where there's a community of other line managers, for example, where you can ask questions first. Maybe you have a, a briefing system, for example, where you have a presentation that's shared with colleagues, but it's sent to line managers, people managers first, and they have an opportunity to have a call and discuss it. That's really critical to know. If you've just been promoted or joined an organisation as a line manager, you need to know that that exists. You're not going to magically know that that's in place. So that's what I encourage you to think about for your organisation. Think about how you are introducing and talking about your channels. When people join the organisation for the first time and when they get promoted or join as people managers or line managers, is it really clear If you miss those opportunities to help people understand how communication happens, yeah, they can pick it up. Of course they can over time, but it might be that they start to use other channels because they don't understand the importance of the ones that you've got in place. If you're looking at your channels matrix, something else I like to do with comms teams is get them to rank their channels. So as a bonus tip for you, something I want you to think about taking away from this episode. If you look at your channels matrix, I've got three questions for you. I did this with a comms team last week, actually, and it was fascinating hearing their answers. I asked them, what are your top three channels as the internal communication team? And you can set your own criteria. It could be the ones that you enjoy doing the most, the ones you think have the biggest impact, the ones you spend the most time on, the ones that cost you the most. It's up to you what that criteria is. What are your top three What are the ones that you prioritise and that you think are the most important? And then what would your leaders say? What are the top three channels from your channels matrix owned by you or owned by the organisation? What's their priorities in that list? And lastly, what about your colleagues or employees? So three lenses to look through there. Thinking about your channels, thinking about the purpose of each of them. What are your top three? What are the top three on the minds of your leaders? And what's the top three on the minds of employees? And if you don't know, find out. Why? Because then we can make some informed decisions. If you know that your leaders prioritise a completely different set of channels to the ones that you prioritise, that's really helpful to know. And this is a conversation you can have with them, with your stakeholders and leaders, when you're having conversations with them. When I had this conversation with an in-house internal comms team the other day and I was asking them about the channels that employees prioritise, it was fascinating the answers they were giving me and it was based on, well, it depends who they are and what their shift patterns are and what the locations are. That's really helpful to know. Again, this is another column that you could add in your channels matrix. Who is this channel the most important for? What do they think about it? How do they view it? Because in all of this, all of this thinking and all of this planning is to help you be strategic internal communicators, which means doing the thinking. All of this analysis of your channels, all of this peeking under the hood, under the covers of your channels is to help you really be objective and make informed decisions about what good looks like from your perspective, from leaders' perspectives, from employees' perspective, have a really rounded view of the way that communication is happening inside your organisation. If we just focus on what's important to our leaders or just what we think is important, frankly, you miss a critical part of that jigsaw puzzle, which is what your employees think. And ultimately, as I mentioned earlier, we are a business function because we enable a business to function. 
You can't do that without employees. So be mindful and be thoughtful about how you are developing, capturing, communicating and sharing what you have in place inside your organisation, what employees can expect from you and what you expect from them. If you expect them to share things on, make it super clear. I hope you found this episode useful. As ever, I love hearing from you. You can find me online. Why not look me up, Rachel Miller on LinkedIn. I'm Rachel All Things I See on Instagram. Or why not send me a message via the website, hello at allthingsic.com. I'd love to know what you are taking away from this episode and what you hope to do differently as a result of listening to Candid Comms. And remember, what happens inside is reflected outside. See you again soon.